Hey, what's going on? Thanks for tuning in to the E-Wang Bang Podcast. This is your host, Emil Wang, with another Warrior Wang Bang episode. As usual, I'm joined by my very good friend, the genio James Liao. How's it going, man? What's happening, brother? Well, uh, a week and a half ago, we uh, basically wasted a hundred and something dollars on tickets to see the Golden State Warriors play the Dallas Mavs at home at Oracle Arena. Uh I guess we can't win them all, right? I mean, Vegas Vegas treated us well this year, but we were we were we were given a dud. This is this is like a prime example of like um, getting the tickets too early, <laughs> and then just like getting completely destroyed by poor decisions. Yeah, I mean, somehow we talked ourselves into oh, the Mavericks will be fighting for a playoff spot by that point, you yeah. know. Uh, you know, we had literally no idea that they were going to lose guys like Harrison and, you know, guys like uh, Matthews and stuff, like, yeah. before the deadline, basically. <laughs> so it was yeah. just like, yeah, it was, I mean. It was a bad decision to, to save, like, 30, 40 bucks on tickets. <laughs> it's just like, it's just like another, it's just a great exercise and just like, earlier is not always better. And if you're, if I think what we learned, uh, what I learned is if you're having second thoughts about going to the game, just don't go. <laughs> like we're just trying to talk ourselves into this Mavericks game and then it just blew up in our face. Yeah, yeah. And we had to fly home for it too, which, you know, it, it <laughs> especially, uh, you know, I'm you. I'm already I mean, dead. I, like, I, I at least got some, you know, good family time out of it and was able to see yeah. some friends. You literally had, you know, lunch with family went to the game, you know, we went to downtown San Jose afterwards and played some arcade games. Shout out to the to the to the Hive arcade game and, and George Wu. <laughs> classic. It's a classic. A classic. And then yeah, you No idea how to play it. But a classic. <laughs> it's a class instant classic. And then yeah, you you jumped on a uh, jumped on a plane right back home the next day. So I, I think we're at the age and we're at the level of income where we, we can make better decisions and buy buy tickets a little bit more last minute if we know a game's going to be good. And we know that we're not just going to be sitting, uh, you know, Steph Curry and Andrew Bogut and Sean Livingston just because we can. Yeah, and I think that's going to be something, I think, you know, kind of tying into our, our final trip to Oracle, like – you know, this is something that we can probably, uh, we'll probably have to deal with um, at Chase Center too. Oh, I'm um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I, I would caution everyone: don't overreact and try to get tickets too early. Yeah. Gonna get fucked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that is somebody that I do want to get back. But before we move on, I mean that that is our last trip to Oracle Arena. Uh, probably for a very, very long time. I mean, who knows? They might have some preseason games over there in sometime in the future. But uh, favorite Oracle Arena memory? Oh, man, it's like it's so hard to just pick one. I honestly, um, I actually, if you ask me, like, which games were, like, super good, 
I don't ever think out of all the games that I've been to, I've been to one that was like super like, oh, my God. Like I just had really, I guess, not bad luck, but like just mediocre luck Yeah. <laughs> where <laughs> no, honestly, like there wasn't one that was like, oh, my God, I went to like, you know, game winner. I went to like, you know, uh, somebody hitting like, you know, going to double overtime or whatever, you know. Yeah. It's like I, I literally cannot remember. Well, it it also could be that my uh, memory is absolute garbage. So. Well, I, I I think the more likely reason is that the Warriors were just dog shit for you know fifteen out of the twenty years we've been fans of them. So how, that, how dare you? <laughs> Oh, boy. Well, uh, as much as I like to reflect on the glory years of the Golden State Warriors, uh, let, let, let's, <laughs> talk about, let's talk yeah. about us getting another championship, starting with uh, some pretty uh, pretty close playoff seeding right now. Warriors sit uh, one full game uh, over the Denver Nuggets. Uh, Warriors right now have a record of 52-24, Denver 51-25. And we're going into a Tuesday matchup, a home matchup, with – with a lot of seating implications on the line, uh, how does really the tiebreaker work? What do we hold it over them? Yeah, right now um, we're up two one on the season series. So um, if so, that's why the upcoming Nuggets game is going to be very critical for us just to get the W. Because once you do, uh, we're up one game overall on the Nuggets as of right now. So, um, but that means if we win, then we would move up two games, and then also have the tiebreak at 3-1. So, yeah. so it's basically huge. a three-game lead. Yeah, it's basically three-game lead with, five, with games. five games left. Exactly. And, you know, they have a much harder schedule than we do uh, moving forward to close out the season. And if honestly, I – and you and I were talking about this. I would not be surprised if they just kind of tried to win the next couple of games and then like one or two more games and just shut it down. As long as they could have a safe enough lead over the Rockets – I think they might just shut down the rest of the guys once they have the number two seed locked up. You're talking so, about Nuggets. Yeah, Nuggets, yeah. yeah. But then they have, like, I mean, they do not have an easy schedule. They have Spurs in the home and home with Portland, Utah, at Utah, oh, and then Wolves. So you have literally four teams or three teams. The next four games after us are all against playoff teams, and they're all jockeying for position. So they're all coming out and playing. So mm – -hmm. And Minnesota is obviously the freebie one, but you know if they lose like you know one of those earlier games, <laughs> and it's losing stuff. I mean, they might just shut it down. To be honest with you, like yeah, yeah, so, especially since they're nursing some injuries. I know Jamal Murray went down with an ankle injury last night. Uh, even though he's he's probable to play against us tomorrow. I mean, if they lose against us, yeah, health is so important for the playoffs. You know, yeah. Yeah, might just shut court, down. Yeah, home court advantage in the second round against the Rockets isn't, you know, isn't something that the Nuggets should be worrying about. They they really should be worrying about getting out of that first round because the Western Conference is no joke, and we'll we'll probably get into that a little bit later on this episode. Uh, any predictions on on the game tomorrow? Yeah, I think um, we've played them well this year. I think we um, took them seriously, so I'm hoping the same goes um we're at home so um hopefully they can kind of close it out um on a high note but i think it should be a gsw win especially if murray's banged up like i don't yeah i don't see them too much yeah hopefully the the other hernan gomez but uh hernan gomez brother won't fuck us because uh 
A, he did it before, and then B, you know, the the other one. Uh, which one and is he, on? Who's on Denver? Who's on Charlotte? Uh, Juancho is on Denver, and yeah, then yeah. Willie is on. Yeah, uh, so Juancho or, earlier this year had that game-saving block against yeah. us in the last second, and uh, Willie, you know, just last night dropped like you know eighteen and ten against us. You got like 15. ten free throws in the first half. Oh, yeah, it was ridiculous. And for some reason, they didn't put him back in until like the middle of the fourth quarter, it, which really didn't make any sense because it seemed like he was the only player that was getting any results from. But, yeah, he was just eating us. Alive. Well, it doesn't really matter at that point because the game was already so blown out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it's these, you know, hustle big men, you know, that that are skilled, have a soft touch around the rim that that give us fits. So, you know, Nikolai Jokic, I, I think he's he's an interesting player, and I, I'm very curious to see how DMC is going to guard him. Um, Plotting bigs are good against us. Like, yeah. in terms of, like, for our defense. Like, because DeMarcus, if you're a plotting big, like, that's to our benefit. What do you mean plotting big? Like... Like, like guys like Jokic, who have no foot speed, who are you know chubby, and then they are not very mobile because yeah. DMZ is not mobile. So, you know, yeah. as long as you have guys like that like more traditional centers, yeah. like I don't, I'm not as worried about Demarcus's defense in those scenarios. Mm-hmm. You know what do, I mean? do you credit Jokic's you know seven and a half assists a game to him being incredibly skilled? I mean, you're saying he's not athletic, so. It, it, he's it, hella skilled, yeah. Yeah, he's hella skilled. He he can start the break, even though he's kind of slow. Uh, do you credit it to Denver having very good cutters? Also, do you think do you think Jokic on a uh, I don't know who's a bad cutting team, but the Rockets um, would would still average with seven and a half assists? I mean, that's that's the same question you would ask, like you know Draymond, right? Like, how much of that is really the system versus? Yep, true. Yeah, right, Coach? So it's like, I don't know. It, it's never – I don't know if you can ever really determine that because it's just like how do you know uh, without seeing any other – you don't have any other data points. Now, you could – now, if the team was built around that, if he was on another team that was built around that, then yeah, sure. Like yeah. we need um, – you know, Draymond fits what we need perfectly, you know? And then Jokic exactly also. They you know, they needed a center. Um and then they can play him out of the high post. He's a great um passer, so you you know, you have a lot of motion going to the basket. Um yeah. he has some good Jokic cutters on that you. team. I think you know, Harris and Barton are, are both. Yeah, pretty he good played cutters. to the strengths, right, of the roster. So yeah. Yeah, and you know Millsap. Millsap's good too. A little bit. Millsap's another guy that shits on us every time. Yeah, great defender, man. That, that's that's what worries me. You know, if if uh, if the, I can imagine them going like some a little bit of small ball, and and really going toe to toe with us, it it wouldn't surprise me if they if they rolled that out. But honestly, I I, I think tomorrow's in the bag, and I I also don't think we're gonna see them in the Western Conference Finals. I think they're they're losing in the second round too. Yeah, to I mean, I I am in agreement there, but seeing them in the Western Conference Finals extremely unlikely. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, moving on. I mean, let, let's. Uh, we haven't really checked in on uh, in a, quite a while about you know player personnel and you know certain things we've been seeing on the uh, on the roster. 
the, the biggest one being the return of Andrew Bogut. Uh, this was a, actually a real pleasant surprise. About a month ago, uh, Andrew Bogut wrapped up his uh, his season down in Australia, where he was both the MVP and Defensive Player of the Year. And we were able to get him back. Larry Harris, who was the GM that drafted him to the Milwaukee Bucks back, you know, 13 years ago or whatever, is now working with the Warriors and flew to Australia and talked in, talked him into coming back, uh, coming back and playing uh, playing out the rest of the season. Andrew Bogut's looked good. You know, he's. Uh, it, it seems like the Australian season isn't as rigorous. Uh, you know, something like two two games a week maximum, which is a huge difference in you know what the, what the Warriors have to do. Uh, you know, four four games across the country per week, just about. So Bogut's looked good so far, and I think the Warriors have done a really good job managing his minutes. He's already gotten a couple of days off. Well, what do you think? Do you, do you like what you see? Yeah, I mean, he you can tell he actively is skinnier, um, and. Uh, you know, I think it's just good to have another backup big. I mean, he's been good for us for many years. He knows his system. Um, he knows what he's capable of. He's not going to try to do too much, you know. So, um, you know, overall, it's a great signing. Um, we do need backup bigs against, you know, lineups that have traditional bigs. So Bo gets good. And with DMC, you know, you know, foul trouble or any of that stuff, you know, you can have a legit backup like a starting level center yeah. to uh, to kind of come in and help that's huge and then it's just you know it's great just to have a guy who can clear the boards you know be a, a a guy who can block some shots for you so um you know it's just it's guys it, it's a guy that we're we know and are familiar with and uh you know what, what were we going to do with that last rascal spot anyways nobody wanted to sign here so <laughs> <laughs> We we were yeah. gonna go out and get a uh, Monte Ellis. Right? Yeah. I don't know if you read the papers, but we wanted Monte Ellis and we wanted to resign Baron Davis. Uh, you know. <laughs> Dude, that would be atrocious. Essentially. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I agree with everything you said. One other thing that I noticed is I, I think I, I forget how Bogut is a a legitimate offensive threat on the roll. Like for so long, we watched Zaza. You know, for the past two years, we've watched Zaza, uh, you know, roll to the basket and like be right under it. You know, either not be able to score or like, always pass clumsy it out. as hell. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it's nice to see Bogut. Um, you know, he, he's able to finish with both hands. He's, you know, like you said, an excellent passer, uh, and also you know crashes the boards well. I mean, he, he's yeah. he's gotten a lot of good tippins. So that that's something that you know it's good to have that insurance policy if you know DMC gets. Uh, gets thrown out of the game for inadvertent elbows uh, like he did last night. Uh, on the topic of DMC, you know, we haven't talked a heck of a lot about him since uh, since he came back. Have you liked what you've seen in the past couple uh, past couple months? I mean, he had that really good game against the Rockets. Yeah, I mean, I, in general, have been pleased. I don't think we need to get too much out of DeMarcus in terms of, like, um, you know, what my expectations are. They're not super high. Um, you know, I just like the playability in the playoffs is still going to be a concern for me, you know, like yeah. against, yeah, exactly. And then like, you know, well, leading to the playability of him in the playoffs, right. Cause it's like, you know, lack of switching is the traditional way of defending the pick and roll going to be sufficient against the Rockets for, um, a, 
you know, for an extended period of time, really, you know, because it's like that's what we need. Yeah. You know, we yeah. need we need to have him not be a, a complete negative on the floor. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So yeah, and he and he held his own very well. And remember that game that we won. Uh, Kevin Durant didn't play. I think. I, I think it, like I remember one of our players wasn't. Uh, wasn't in and and the Rockets were basically at full health, so it, it was a really welcoming sign. But you're right, I, I I think over the course of a seven game series, it really will be hard for Demarcus to keep up. But you know, then again, we have you know we have Bogut now, we have Looney, we have the we have the small ball five, so we, we do have options. And I I think DMC is going to be on a shorter leash, especially against the Rockets. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the, that's the right way to play it, and I, hopefully that's how uh, Kerr is going to deal with it because I just think you know you 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 let him try it out for a little bit, see how we defend because how see how we can defend that, but you know with a very mobile big like Capella who rolls to the basket hard, it's just yeah. tough for DMC to cover a lot of the ground if he's going to go out and try to do anything on the pick and roll. So if he doesn't do that, then he has to drop back, which means you know this wide is, open three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but uh, on the flip side, you know, they had nobody to guard DMC in that game. Yeah, that they was, really couldn't guard him. Yeah. That was that was the flip side. So you know, as long as long as we're not trading, you know, two for threes uh, consistently, I, I think I think we'll be okay. I, I think uh, the the hope isn't really for Demarcus to be there to help gain separation. I think him, you know, you and I talked about this earlier in the season about how we could use DMC, uh, him coming off the, not coming off the bench, but being a part of that bench unit and, and really just not being a negative or maybe even helping stretch that lead a little bit against the yeah. Rockets. And he's been doing that, you know. Yep. I think yeah. he's been doing just as what we need him to do, you yeah. know, so. Yeah, um, there's that weird lineup of like him, Clay, like Quinn Cook. Uh, I think they throw like um, you know Alf- Alfonso McKinney in there, and it, it's it's kind of a head scratcher, uh, head scratcher lineup because you don't have your real offense initiators uh, in there. You don't have Katie, you don't have Steph, you don't have Draymond in there. But for some reason, that lineup works, and you know part of it is probably weaker competition, but part of it is you know DMC's coming into form, and second unit centers just can't guard them. Yeah, it's not even close. Like. The, the the discrepancy in like um, talent and stuff like that of like what they can guard versus like what DMC provides uh, on the second unit. You're just like this is embarrassing. Sometimes you're just, you're just like, dude, these guys have no chance at guarding him. You know, yeah. like even last game before he got ejected, he had a bunch of great moves. Um, yeah. You know, in the post, I mean, his footwork is so good, um, oh, yeah. and then he's like. He, he's like kind of plotting, but he's also very agile when he makes a move. Like, yeah. it's just like he is very like, like I don't know. It's it's kind of hard to explain. Like when he just like kind of makes a decision to go to the rim, like on, during the face up, it's like yeah. he's a lot faster than you expect him to. And then yeah. he has a variety of moves. You know, yeah. once he picks up his dribble, like spinning his pivot foot. Like, yeah, he's still got a good spin move. Yeah, for, it's a for great a guy spin who's, and who's then that back big. to the basket. He has a nice drop step. He has. He likes to do the up and under a lot. I mean, he yeah. could get blocked, but I mean, because he doesn't jump very high. But it doesn't matter. Like if he gets the guy in the air, like that's it. Yeah. You know, he's scoring. Yeah. So, yeah, and he's so wide too. Yeah, that it helps. Just that's him. crazy, like how big he is. He's just a large <laughs> human being. Yeah, yeah. Uh, before we go into potential playoff matchups, uh, 
as the season winds down, is there anything, you know, wins or losses, wins and losses aside, is there anything that you want to see on the roster? Uh, how, how do you feel about how the bench is uh, coming into play? Um, it's still very up and down. Um, I feel like, I mean, we're in the upswing right now. I feel like with the way Quinn's playing, um, and then Sean is still up and down, but I mean, Sean's been like that all year, you know, when he's on, you're just like, Oh man, like, you know, I forgot a good Sean Livingston can still help us sweep games, you know? And then, you know, Iggy's just, I mean, I don't, you, I don't even know what version we're going to see of him in the playoffs because he, the guy just like, I mean, he played like eight minutes because it was just, Curl was just like, they're barely playing him, you know? <laughs> Cause yeah. against Rockets, he's basically going to be 35 minutes a night probably. So it's like, you got to save the guy's legs, <laughs> you know? So he's like yeah. barely, I mean, as long as he's out there, you know, with the rest of the guys, like making decisions on the fast break, stealing the ball, you know, that's all we need him to do right now. Yeah, I'm not so worried about the vets. I mean, Livingston, you kind of know what you're getting, especially when when there's a little bit more rest in the playoffs. Yeah, in between games. Yeah, like Livingston on on a bad night, you you know he plays 12 minutes, shoots like one of four, and you know has like two assists. But on a good night, you know he he drops four of four in like six minutes, and and you know gives gives that that gives that bench unit a plus you know plus 10 rating or something it's you know you kind of know what you're getting it's it's not going to swing the game completely negative the same way that you know a quinn cook or alfonso mckinney when those go when those guys go in you're kind of like uh oh well that's the thing right how much are they actually going to play that's one of the questions right like how much are they actually going to play come playoff time right yeah yeah, I, like, I, I, how much does Kerr trust those guys? Yeah, Quinn really botched his audition at, at that Dallas game that we went to watch because we we rolled him out with the starters and he got fucking lit up by like Trey Burke and um, I forget who the other who the other guard was that that started for. Uh, I know Trey Burke didn't start for Dallas, but I forgot who. It probably probably a nobody. I mean, <laughs> um, Jalen Brunson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right, Jalen Brunson. Um, so uh, Quinn kind of botched that audition, but since then, you know, I, I remember a staff from last night. He's been shooting something like sixty percent on threes uh, in the past four games. So he's been he's been very good, um, and, and he's the kind of guy that just needs that confidence, right? I mean, you remember last year how he closed out that basically how he earned himself a roster spot. Steph was hurt, a bunch of people were hurt. He was starting and leading a bench unit. And, you know, he dropped thirty points in a game that was against the Spurs and somewhat competitive. And, and yeah. that, those are the kind of games that Quinn needs. It's just, you know, the, the, the short leash, the, you know, five, ten minute spurts per game. I, I don't know if that's really going to be enough for Quinn to get his confidence in the playoffs. And really you might be better off just not, you know, not playing him. Yeah. I mean, I, I would be absolutely shocked if they went with, a, you know, a heavy dose of Quinn in the playoffs. Like, yeah. I just don't see that happening. Like, there's just too many negatives. His um, defense is just... It, yeah, I mean, just, it, it, it's just like, it's embarrassing how bad it is. Like, I'm just like, how are you... Uh, like, how can you try to, like, even make an effort? Like, it's just like, he just dies on every screen. You're just like, mm-hmm. what is happening? Like, you just... 
he just yeah. dies. And you're just like, yeah. Dude, he's just so small. He's like yeah. six. He's six one. But then I'm just saying, like, you know, the other examples, like Steph, like Steph fights through screens, like you know, the effort is there, and then Quinn is just like, the fuck is this, dude? Yeah. Like, yeah. Well. That, that's why Steph is a you know two time MVP, three time world champ, and Quinn is you know a G League elite. How dare you? <laughs> that's NBA champion or Duke NCAA champion Quinn Cook to you. Oh really? He got a actually. Ring I think Jaleel? I'm not sure if you. I don't have I a ring with Jaleel. I want to say no, but uh, yeah, I, I was reading a uh, an article on Coach K, and I think like. The last win that he had was with like Jaleel Okafor, Tyus Jones, and some other like guy that's not very good who's in the NBA now. Um, sidebar, you know that that Duke game, the whole Duke performance this uh, NCAA tournament has been kind of a head scratcher. You know, almost blown it to like a, a number nine team, and then you know not not doing super well in the Sweet Sixteen. It was just a just not not what you'd expect out of uh, you know a team that's supposed to have three of the top five draft picks. I, I don't watch enough college ball to to really know this, and you know yeah you know that's why they call it March Madness. I get it, but it, it is still kind of kind of confusing that for all the hype of these Duke players, they they, they couldn't even make it out of the elite uh, out of the elite eight. I mean that's the you know. And you and I were kind of talking about that too. It's not really. There's just college is so different, you know. It's like there's just so much variability in one game, you know. And it's just like, and again, these guys are 18 year old kids playing with a lot of guys that are 21, 22. So they may be the better prospect, but you know, yeah, are they going to be more like? Are they going to be better players? Yeah, in in the, in the college tournament, and the there is a chance that that answer is no. You know, they may be more talented, sure, project better to the NBA, but, you know, yeah. you know, some of these senior guys are <laughs> playing super hard because they're not making it to the NBA, and they don't have any other out. Yeah. They have no other follow-up after this. This is their last games, you know, so. Dude, they're going to they're gonna succeed at, as a Guangdong Southern Tiger. Dude, they have standards, okay? Come on. <laughs> they only take yeah. winners like Jim or Fredette. <laughs> Mike Beasley. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Uh, still a sidebar, and apologize to those who want to hear about you know, current Warrior events. But I remember Jay Rich. Uh, you know, he was drafted what five overall by us. But he, even then, like you know, he was coming off the bench for that Michigan State team. You know, Morris Peterson. Yeah, Mo Pete started, was there. Was their was main the, guy? Yeah, yeah. Which is crazy because Mo Pete probably went you know mid first round. But to, to you know for all of the you know, all the scouts to look at Jay Rich and be like, yeah, he's going to be the real deal. Take him higher than Mo Pete. It's, it's always one of those kind of things that I, you know, I I don't question, you know, what these these uh, scouts are doing, but it's still, it just doesn't make a heck of a lot of sense, like, intuitively that, yeah. that they're able to see this. Um, but, I mean, again, upside, you know, versus, like, who's going to help you in a college game and then, like, a big game or whatever, then it's like, those things are different. It's a different science, you know. So, yeah, yeah, it's legit science. I'm sure they're like interviewing the parents and being like, "Yeah, so when did you stop growing? Oh, like at at 25? You mean you mean your kid's gonna grow another four more years? That that's crazy. So, that's um, crazy. That's that's racist. That's racist. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up with uh, with the playoff picture. Um, currently, the bottom of the Western Conference, you have 
the Oklahoma City Thunder, the San Antonio Spurs, and the L.A. Clippers. Um, I think that is currently what the 8, 7, and 6 are looking like. Uh, among these three teams, who would you like to see in the first round? Uh, I mean, obviously, I don't think the Spurs – I mean, I don't think the the – I feel like the Clippers are not going to slip. They've just been playing so well. I don't think the Jazz are going to slip. They are, you know, five in a row now. Clips are eight and two in their last ten. Like, I, those guys are just on a roll right now. I do not want to be facing either one of those teams um, yeah. as of right now. So, um, but yeah, I mean, OKC is slumping. Obviously, that's, you know... Um, no, that's that was a matchup that we didn't want to have, you know, yeah, earlier early this season, season when, yeah. when Paul George looked like an MVP candidate yeah. and he was Shit shooting like forty five percent on God. threes or whatever. We were worried that it was going to be like a second round matchup, and then yeah. follow that up with the Rockets. I was like, oh my God, this is going to yeah. be absolutely brutal um, playoffs. But with the way OKC's too, they had like they their defense like kind of plateaued and then fell, and then their offense just fell off a cliff. They just can't score anymore. Like, as soon as Paul George stopped making shots at MVP levels, they just fell off. It's crazy. And then Russ started taking Russ, shots as a result. I mean, Russ has just been bad. It's just been like, terrible. He, he, like, free throws are, like, 70%. Like, field goals, like, 38. I, I don't know what that guy is doing. Um, but, you know, with, with Paul George playing, you know, very, very average all-star level um you know the okc's not not going to be that much of a challenge uh roberson roberson coming back yeah i mean i wouldn't count on it even if it yeah. wasn't probably be the guy that's played all year so yeah I, you don't expect them to be a factor you don't expect them to be mobile enough to you know guard anybody for extended period so i would i would count them out but i mean I think Spurs obviously is still going to be the weakest link out of the bunch. Um, you know, we, yeah. you know, even though they did beat us, uh, you know, just a few weeks that, back. That doesn't. I, I think. Really mean yeah, much. you and I were talking. Uh, DMC didn't play that game, and Demar Derozan was, you know, playing out of his fucking mind yeah. and, you know, hitting like Jordan S shots. Like we were playing good defense on it. It was like we had insane. Yeah. Uh, defensive breakdowns. It was just the guy was hot that night, and he yeah. is not going to be. And we missed a ton of shots that game. Like we just yeah. missed. Yeah, yeah, we did. We did miss a lot of shots. I, I didn't think that it was necessarily one of our bad games. No, it wasn't. A lot it of was, but, I mean, we did more. I, I feel like we did miss a little bit more. I remember watching a, the game, and I was like, no, but I mean, I'm just going off memory here, so I don't have the game log. But I just kind of remember, like, oh man, like you know, hot. Feel like if we made a few more shots, like that would have been. Yeah, yeah. You know. I I think it was one of those games where Clay was like two of nine or something from three. Um, but regardless, yeah, that I'm kind of in the same boat with you. Spurs are okay. See, I kind of I'm I'm okay either way. I think the Spurs has the potential to be a you know a five game series, and it, you know we won't come out bruised or anything. I think. OKC is also a five game series, but people might get hurt, you know, especially with Steven Adams in there and. Um, Guys. Yeah, it was it was Steph. He was six of eighteen that game. So oh, that's that's yeah. Was, yeah. way way under than his normal percentages. Like you would expect yeah. him to be probably make one or two more when he shoots that many. You know, so under normal percentages, KD was over four from three. Like you know, we shot thirty three percent from three in general. So like that's what I'm saying. It's like under average. Um, Shooting. Oh, yeah. Actually, this is something else that I want to talk about before we go. Uh, the KD low shooting uh, 
not low shooting percentage. He's been insane on the percentages. But past couple games, he had a five shot game, a seven shot game, uh, like a you know an eleven for twelve game. It was it's it's a little strange. I mean, his assist numbers are definitely very very good, and his defense has been awesome. Uh, do you want to see Katie play that way? With, First first round of the playoffs. It's so weird because it's like one of those things where um, no one really knows what kind of triggered that. You know, it was like he started shooting less and less. Like he had a six for nine game against Indiana, and then yeah. uh, the game against Dallas. I think he, well, he missed a lot. He had to missed a lot because yeah. you know Steph wasn't playing that game. So yeah. Uh, and then he had the six shots against Detroit, and then he had the uh, almost perfect game against Memphis, 12-13. Um, and then he shot a lot in that Minnesota game, but that was overtime too, so he played more. So there was 82, but then he shot 5-5 five of five last game. So it's kind of weird. He's. I'm curious to, if he ever talks about why he decided um, to kind of have this like shift in uh, how he's approaching the uh, – the game because I wonder if it's a coaching decision too, you know. No, I don't think so. it's coaching. I mean, if it was a coaching decision, I think they would say, like, yeah, we're purposely doing this. I think all the responses have been kind of same, like, oh, Kevin Durant feels the pulse of the game and he does what's best for the team and the results are there, so there's no reason to change it. I think deep down, it's one of those, like, it's not a Kobe, like, game seven against the uh, Phoenix Sun sort of thing. Um, but I do think that he wants to be needed, and like he wants to, he wants to be the hero. And maybe we're telling him, like, you know, save it, save it for the playoffs. You know, save save your big shots for the playoffs, because you know, it, like the numbers are there, right? Lower shooting out, like lower number of shots equals very, very high percentage. So yeah, because he picks it, his spots very well. Like he just like, oh, this is a shot I can make. I'm gonna take it instead of just keep jacking up shots. You know. Yeah, yeah, and you also have more legs when you're just not shooting as much, right? Because you know, KD he gets up high for his for his shots because yeah. you know that's that's uh, that's what just makes him unguardable, really. So maybe maybe keeping some of that for the end of the game is you know what we're needing because the losses that we had against the Rockets last year were you know were close games, right? They came down to the wire, and you know two or three more Kevin Durant shots really would have swung it. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see. I I expect I fully expect him to be more aggressive in the playoffs. Like that would be he would absolutely get demolished if he was passive and stuff like that. And God knows, Katie is fucking thin skinned and can't take yeah. any criticism. So I really would be absolutely shocked if he he pretends like he doesn't give a shit, but he actually does. So if people yeah. start criticizing him about you know lack of shots and lack of aggressiveness, then yeah. he definitely sounds like that would affect him. So I would definitely think he would continue to be aggressive or not continue, but regain his uh, aggression in the playoffs. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, we haven't lost yet in any of those games. So if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, we did lose the Dallas game, but so yeah, but he also, he also jacked a lot of shots. So, um, Alrighty, well, James, this has been fun. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to we'll touch base before the first round of the playoffs. Anything else you want to add before we before we go? Uh, nothing really. Just go Dubs. Hopefully, we clinch that number one seed tomorrow. It's a great-